They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks in a trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What is up, SoundCloud.com? What is up? It is the one and only Brotherly Love Podcast. Johnny Mita, how are you, brother? Oh, hanging a bang at Joe, hanging a bang here in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. At least, uh, you know, after a couple of week hiatus, we were able to reconnect, get back out there for the peeps. Over 2,600 listens right now on SoundCloud.com. And uh, we got more good stuff to get to because the city of brotherly love certainly hasn't been quiet sports-wise lately. We'll talk about the Flyers' playoff matchup against the Washington Capitals, which by the time this thing probably gets posted, the puck will be uh, dropped in Game 5, and it'll be do or die again for the Fly Guys. On the other side of that, the other side of Broad Street, you've got the Novacare Complex, which is wheeling and dealing. The Eagles move up in the draft, and uh, we'll dissect that, plus the passing of Ed Snyder and... Hell, the NFL draft's right around the corner, so a lot to get into on SoundCloud.com. Always glad you can join us here, and appreciate all the love and support. All right, Johnny Mita, we'll get right after it. Forget the Flyers for a minute. Big news in Philadelphia, obviously, the trade. The Eagles now own the number two overall pick in the NFL draft next week. Uh, They gave up a slew of picks to get it. It's just the fourth time in NFL draft history now that the top two selections have been traded. Remember, the Rams went and got the number one pick just over a week ago, and then all of a sudden the Eagles pulled the trigger. They were rumored to do so. They gave up five draft picks, but now they own the number two overall selection. Your initial reaction was what? Here we go. (laughs) No, it was a reaction of, okay, we better not screw this one up. You give away a lot of draft picks, and you better make sure you hit on this one. You get into the top five, you better make sure that this player is a bona fide starter, if not an all-star slash superstar for your organization for future years to come. Um, it was a bold move. How he came back in the fold, he talked about he wanted to make a big splash in the draft. Well, this was like a belly flop splash to move up to the number two pick. Uh, bottom line is this all got started when the Rams moved up from the 15th spot to get uh, into the Titans position at number one, and they give up a King's ransom. All indications that the well, now I was about to say the St. Louis Rams, I am mistaken, the Los Angeles Rams will be taking Jared Goff. He's out of Cal, he's playing the Pac-12. They need a splash, you know, signing or pick something to re-energize that franchise that's you know, on the new ground out in Los Angeles, why not Why not take the California kid? Once the Rams made that kind of known, from what I understand, too, apparently the Eagles like golf. I think both the Eagles, I think the Eagles are okay with either one. The once word went down that the Rams were going to take golf with this number one pick, that's when the Eagles started to heat things up. That's when Allie got on the phone with, you know, with the Cleveland Browns and they decided to, 
you know, go up. They're going to get once you knew that the Rams moved up to grab a quarterback. There was one other quarterback that was considered, you know, a top ten prospect, so to speak. And the Eagles are moving up, and it looks like they're going to select Carson Wentz, the kid out of, you know, what do they call him now? The FBS or the F? What I can't even tell you. One double A. Yeah. But, you know, the guy's been a winner. On paper, the guy looks like an animal. Uh, he's got great size. He's like five, uh, 235 pounds, has a huge arm. Athletically, he is, you know, he is a specimen. He, it looks like he can move in and out of the pocket. It looks like he could scramble for first down yardage if necessary. So these guys, you have a brand-new head coach coming in. It kind of looks like a revamp of 99 when Andy Reid was the new coach, and he selected Donovan McNabb second overall, and, and the story was written. This franchise was, you know, a competitive Super Bowl contending team for like the next eight to ten years. So Right, but he, here's we'll the see. biggest difference between those two teams, sure. those two seasons, Johnny Mita, is that in sure. 1999, Poopy Peterson was the, was the incumbent, okay? He was the guy <laughs> yeah. keeping the seat warm until – Five was ready until McNabb was ready. This year, you paid Sam Bradford a hell of a lot of money to be your quarterback, and you brought in a backup in Chase Daniel that you overpaid as well. So now you've got, I believe, once the Eagles pull the trigger on this number two selection, and if it's Goff or Wentz or whoever, and they sign him to that rookie deal, I read today there'll be about 13 or 14% of the salary cap for the Eagles, attached to the quarterback position. So unless the other shoe is going to drop here and Bradford's on the move to recoup some of these draft picks, I absolutely hate the move. It doesn't set you up to win any time in the next three seasons, and I don't think the Eagles are that far off, especially given the fact the NFC East stinks. So to me, moving up to number eight was great because you got rid of some baggage and some salary, and you were going to get a hell of a player. And now I just don't even know because Carson Wentz literally played against Cardinal O'Hara growing up. That's the equivalent. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're taking a shot here. They're, this is going to make or break Allie Rosen. Yeah, but There's why? No why? See, here's the thing. Howie Roseman doesn't care 10 years from now. He doesn't care. You know, if, if this doesn't work out, Howie Roseman's out of a job. But at the end of the day, he doesn't see it from the perspective of you and I and the 70,000 fans in there generally on a Sunday, okay? he And I, I'm not expecting him to. He has to separate himself from the fan base and the media and be the general manager. But at the same time, he put his balls out on the table here, and I'm not so sure I like the move. We won't even know if this is a good move for a couple of years, period. Exactly. Well, I mean, you bring up Bradford. So I, I'm sure you might have heard the news as well, but... It has come out of from his camp that he is a little unhappy. Yeah, screw his camp. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Listen, you got paid a great deal. It sounds like there was no market for you. So if you're pissed off, fine. I want you to go out and have a Pro Bowl season. Yeah, this kid's go not going to play. Yeah, audition for the 30 other teams that are in the market for a quarterback. Shut up. You got your money. Go out there and put up the results, and then you'll be fine. Like, stop acting like a baby. Bottom line, I think he gets dealt on draft day. I honestly do. I'm telling you right now, I would not be shocked if the Denver Broncos don't have another trade with the Eagles and they and they get Sam if they get Sam Bradford. Because look at it. That team is built to win now, Denver. 
They're stable. They have a fantastic, they're the number one defense in the NFL. Last year, Peyton Manning, you could call his quarterback play like the equivalent to game managing. And that's kind of what Sam Bradford could bring to the table for them. Okay. If you could recoup, if you could recoup one of your third round picks that you gave up this year to the deal in Cleveland, wouldn't you want to pull the trigger, Joe? Sure. That's all fine and dandy. But you know what that means? That means Chase Daniels starts. That means the team's going to yeah. be a grease fire this year. Six wins at best. And what does that mean for next draft? Oh, that's right. Cleveland gets the pick. So the Cleveland Browns want the Philadelphia Eagles to trade Sam Bradford. They want Chase Daniels starting or one of these rookie quarterbacks. They That's what they want. Because next year, they could end up with another top five pick in addition to their own you know, disaster of a season. The Browns could be setting themselves up for the future. Granted, track record shows they'll screw it up somehow, some way. But I just, you know, there was just way too many pieces to give up, to move up for a kid that didn't even play against real competition. He didn't. I'm sorry. He didn't. It, look, when the, when the Rams made this move, when the Rams made this move over a week ago, I thought, you know what? They've got to be going after Wentz. You want to know why? Because at least he's that mystery man. There's the allure. There's the upside, right? That big, the ceiling. Nobody knows how good he can be. That, if they're going to, if they moved up to take Goff and the Cleveland Browns don't want Carson Wentz because he's not good enough in their eyes, what does that tell you? Well, Why were they so willing to move out? Yeah, I think they're willing to move out, to be honest with God. I think Hugh Jackson believes in Robert Griffin. No, then he's high. Yeah, okay. And I think that's why they moved out. They need more players. They need, you know, Josh Gordon, the great talent, suspended wide receiver. And they need need more players than, 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 than this pick. By them trading this allows them to get more chips. I hear. If it turns out Carson Wentz is a star, then how he looks like a genius. If it turns out he stinks, then I like them talking about this trade for 20 years from here into the future. So it's a total risk. I I do think if they get Wentz instead of golf, I kind of like Wentz better. In my personal opinion, I think he's got better tools. And Jared Carr, he reminds me of Jake Cutler. I want nothing to do with it. Okay, I can't stand the workout, the workout, uh, the combine guy. Mike Mamula was a combine guy. Okay, he rose up the draft board in the combine. Why am I hearing from analysts that that they think Carson Wentz might have been there at eight, or might have been there late in the first round, or in the second round? And we'll never know. Okay, Dallas might have drafted him at four, whatever pick they have. I get it. The Eagles gave up so much, John Mita, so much of the future. I mean, 2018, Carson Wentz might have 100 snaps in his pro career, and we're still giving up a second-round pick that year. 2018, John Mita. And it stinks even more because they don't have the second-rounder this year because of the Bradford deal. So between Uh, Kelly and Roseman wheeling and dealing the last two years, the Eagles are going to select about three players. Well, they have less choices to screw things up. But what I'm saying is, Here's another thing. Do we know that Chase Daniel can't be a better quarterback yes. than Sam Bradford? Yes, we know that. How do we know that? Because he's thrown the about four. What's he thrown? Four passes in his career? That's because the guys he played in front were pretty freaking healthy. You're talking about Drew Brees and Alex Smith, who've been healthy and decent quarterbacks their entire career. He was really never called upon. 
I don't think I, I honestly not. I I think Chase Daniels gonna be better than Sam Bradford. Call me crazy. Call me high. Call me whatever you want. I like Chase Daniel over Sam Bradford right now. Chase right now. Chase Daniel has one career touchdown pass. All right, he's only thrown seventy-seven balls. Okay. So is he going to pull the Nick? Is he going to go with the Nick Foles route and go twenty-seven TDs, two picks, and then flame out with another organization? I don't know, but it's going to be interesting, buddy. It is going to be interesting. It's too interesting. I'm tired of the interesting. I just I wanted the eighth pick. I don't care if it was Ezekiel Elliott, the running back from Ohio State. I don't care if it was a lineman. I don't care if it's a defensive tackle. The cornerback from Florida State. Whoever it w- whoever was there, you take the best player at eight. You say, unfortunately, we don't have a second rounder, but in the third round, we've got a couple of picks. Fourth round, couple, and you and you build the base, the base of this franchise. You look at the Packers and all these organizations that are winning on a regular basis, and they draft well. And when they don't draft well, they've got enough draft picks that you don't notice the missed one. The Eagles are trading away their picks and then pooping the bed anytime they have an opportunity to make the right pick. What if they shock the world and take Laramie Tums alive, too? Then I'll, then I'll just jump off a bridge. I mean, I'm with you. And initially, I, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I was thinking about staying at eight, take the best player available. It's just, you know, trading that second rounder for Sam Bradford. I mean, you weren't talking about hampering this franchise. I mean, that also helped, you know, the Rams move up in their deal uh, with Tennessee. Right. It, it's just, that was a total, absolute killer. All right, well let's let's get let's get to the actual draft next week in case we're not back on by then. Uh now it's All a right. lot easier for you to handicap cuz there are no players yeah. to be chosen by the Philadelphia Eagles as it stands now. Yeah. Quarterback yeah. at number 2 overall most likely and then with the you know the 4600th pick in the draft, what direction do they go? Uh, I think they go they, they they keep addressing the depth for me off Oh line. my god, that's it. All right. That's fine. I'm not even watching the draft then. Just text me. Text me and let me know which loser quarterback they took. So the the Eagles are going to come out of this. Eagles are going to come out of this with a guy that's not getting rave reviews from everybody across the board. Okay? More more than their fair share of doubters, either guy. And then they're going to come out with a lineman in round 70 and then probably sign a bunch of undrafted free agents out of Temple and call it a day. Good job, Howie. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. We're taking shots. I know, buddy. This is brutal. This is brutal. <laughs> oh, man. We better, should we move to something positive? Let's like, st- hey, let's stockpile, let's stockpile 73 quarterbacks and 28 running backs on our roster and see if he, any of them can play defense as well. Good job. Oh, man. Well, I'm not happy. Why? You want to talk Flyers? Should we take yeah, a break? We'll Should we take flyers. a break Break and reset yeah, and regroup a little bit? Yeah. yeah, let's do that. All right, let's do that. All right, here. Hey, this is my this is my Howie Roseman, my, my Howie Roseman song. Hear this? Beck. Loser. I hope I'm wrong. I hope in three years I'm wrong. But until then, screw Howie Roseman. What? what, what why He's in over his head. Years? He's in over his head. Why, why does it have to be three years, man? I've been just, I, 
started week eight. Oh, my God. Oh, what happened to Chase Daniel winning the Super Bowl? You were singing that tune a minute ago. <laughs> Super Bowl! Chase Daniel. Wait till he's throwing rocks over the field. You're going to be loving him. Please. You're listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast, exclusively on SoundCloud.com. It is the one and only Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita here with you. We were hoping to be joined by Bob, uh, Bob Brookover from the Philadelphia Inquirer, one of their columnists, because he wasn't on board with the trade. And I thought it would make me sound better if somebody with a real paying job in this industry was on uh, on my side. However, however, you uh, that's right, folks. You'd be very shocked to know the Brotherly Love Podcast does not pay well. Um, however, we had some technical difficulties in a uh, C-team studio, if you will. And so we couldn't connect both John Mita and Bob Brookover and myself. But he said he'll join us at a future time, future date. He was cool about it. Hopefully he doesn't block our number. <laughs> exactly. I'll try and call. All right, brother. Oh, let's talk Fly Guys. Uh, by the time let's this podcast it. is posted, Game 5 will be underway. Do or die. I don't know the Flyers are going to win this series. I'd certainly love to see them win tonight uh, and bring the series back to Philadelphia. We'll have more on that in a moment. But first, the passing of Ed Snyder, uh, Mr. Snyder, if you will, founder of the Philadelphia Flyers, brought hockey to Philadelphia in the late 60s in a, as an expansion team. Uh, you know, you can say what you want about some of his hirings, sometimes his loyalty to a fault, but the guy was Philadelphia. He was Philadelphia Flyers hockey. Every player, coach, whoever that seems to come through there, employees, I mean, the social media world was was hurt by it. You know, you could tell people were uh, pouring their emotions on the social media. The video tribute at the game was great. And, I, you know, you're not finding anybody that has a bad thing to say about the man that was Philadelphia Flyers hockey. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's funny, Joe. I probably, I don't know if you know this fact, but I found this very interesting is the fact that he was also part owner of the Philadelphia Eagles and then basically left the Eagles to, to start the Flyers, um, which I found fascinating. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, what also what he did, he, he was one of the best hockey owners far none in the NHL. Uh, where he came from to start the franchise, the success that he had over the years, um, he's an owner that always put it out there. You got to love owners that will do anything and pay any cost to try to, to, try to win. And that was the epitome of Ed Snyder. That's what he did. If the Flyers needed an extra, you know, goal scorer at the trade deadline or, or some or free agent's going to cost him, he just, you know, he rolled the dice. And, and you got to love that about him. And he was always present. Like, he was, to be honest with you, you look around, I couldn't pick five NHL owners out of, you know, a lineup, yeah. so to speak. But you could pick Ed Snyder out, and a lot of people could pick him out because he was always visible. Like, he he was always at the games. He showed his face. Uh, and the, uh, the other thing that we have to talk about is a little bit is just about his philanthropy work yeah. in the community. Yep. You know, what he did for youth hockey, uh, you know, giving underprivileged kids, you know, the equipment, ice time. You know, let's face it, Joe, you're all that. I mean, you know everything about hockey. And... 
it's not a cheap sport to play. No, nope. and he gave those uh, and he made those opportunities available for young kids. It was something that was dear to his heart. So it just goes to show, also, you know what a great contributor he was to society and fulfilling the dreams of young people and and what he did there. So big kudos to him on that part and. Yeah, you know, just a big thanks to him from me, from the Brother Love Podcast, from all the Philadelphia fans out there. We can't thank him enough uh, for what he did for this city, for this hockey team, and uh, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be missed by a lot of people in this town for sure. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, you you bring up the the community efforts, the community work. Um, it's just outstanding because you know the articles I read. He stressed the academic side too. It wasn't just. You know, get these kids ice time, get them equipment. They had to earn it. They had to do well in school. They had to graduate. They had to exceed and excel in the classroom to be part of the program from all indications. So uh, it's great to see what he's done uh, and, and be honored the way he was by the National Hockey League, by Philadelphia fans, by the city, uh, by the organization. Just all around complete kudos for the work he did and, again, bringing hockey to Philadelphia way back in the day when it was a vision of his and probably nobody else's. So uh, obviously rest in peace to Mr. Ed Snyder, a huge loss for the city of brotherly love. All right, let's talk some puck. Flyers down 3-1 in the series, staved off the old uh, sweep the other night. Thank goodness that would have been a, a sour taste in the mouth of what was a great season, an overachieving season uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. To get it done tonight, I think it's uh, pretty plain and simple. Stay out of the box, hope Neuver stays hot, and hope that the veteran guys can contribute. You need Black Jesus going, you need Orange Jesus going. Be nice if Voracek acted like he handled the puck at some point in the last like 15 years of his life because he's been clearly rusty since he came off the injured list. Um, so for me, you know, simple game tonight, going back to D.C., eliminate the turnovers, try and get in on the four-check, hopefully get some energy created by the Ryan Whites and the Vandeveldes of the world. Uh, Belmar comes back in the lineup after the one-game suspension. Nice to see uh, our boy Ghost find the score sheet after having a couple of rough games, in my estimation, early in the series. I didn't see much of game two, but uh, game one, you know, Ghost didn't seem to be himself. Maybe some nerves going there. So I'd like to see the Flyers play a simple road game, create some energy, try and play with the lead, stay out of the damn penalty box. Hopefully you get some big saves by Neuver. And at the end of the night, your veterans are on the score sheet. You win the game forces a game six back in Philly. Yeah, I, I agree with you with a lot of what you say. Um, you know, some of the guys on this team need to step up in this damn series. And, and one of them has got to be the captain, man. Claude Giroux must step up his game tonight for the Philadelphia Flyers to win this game. I mean, the guy's been acting. He has been like, and I want the guy to shoot. Like, I know you're a tremendous playmaker. I want you to pepper Holtby tonight. I, every opportunity that you have, I, I heard the other night that Vetskin had like 18 shots on goal. I mean, that's outrageous. I want Claude Giroux just to take 10 shots on goal. You know, at minimum, just start shooting just start shooting the puck. I mean, I just want to see. He's got to step up. Simmons got to step up. The other big key, too, Joe, is you're right. Stay out of the box. They did a great job in the last game of staying out of the box. You don't let the Capitals get on their power play. It's one of the most lethal power plays in all the NHL. You got to do that. And the, the Flyers' power play has to come alive. Josh and Spare got the goal the other night. They need more of that. 
they got to get at least two power play goals tonight for this, this thing to work out. And and lastly, Neuvert. It looks like, you know, he, he came off and he played pretty well. The one goal he gave up, eh. You know, that was a hard goal. But I think maybe they could have made the move for Mason after he got rattled after a couple of some of those bad days. But yeah, I agree. Now he's in there. I mean, it was it, it was a good shakeup. I'm glad that Hackstall, you know, he, he kind of had the moxie, the balls to pull the move because it's a hard move. I mean, Mason, listen, the guy who's playing great, can't say that he's not a little burnt out. I mean, he had to play 10 straight yes. games. And a lot and, of and those games were playoff-type games. You had to win to get in. Yep. Great point. Yeah, no doubt about it. Every night, I mean, you're you're on the you're basically on the brink of elimination yep. from not making the playoffs. So you're right, that that is a playoff type atmosphere for that game. It's draining. So yep, it's draining. I, yeah. Hey, to so, your to your yeah. point, Johnny Mita, Claude Giroux was seven shots through four games and one assist. Seven shots. I mean, that is now that's not attempts, obviously, but seven shots yeah. on that, and it, you know, yeah, Brandon Manning leads the Flyers with thirteen shots. That's embarrassing. Right. You know, Correct. look, the 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 goal scoring is going to be hard to come by against a uh, a very structured Capitals team. This isn't your father's Capitals. Um, they they've got they've got good structure to them. Barry Trotz is a hell of a coach. They've got the maybe the best goalie on the planet right now in Holtby, and obviously. The Caps are going to have the puck a lot because they've got spill, uh, speedy and skilled forwards, plus they spend time on the power play. So you're not going to have it a lot. You're not going to get a lot of chances. You're not going to put 35, 40 shots most likely against Washington on a regular basis. So you've got to make the most of those opportunities when you get them. And, and honestly, one more thought for me on the Flyers. I, I haven't liked the fact that Voracek, Simmons, and Giroux have been playing. I feel like too many eggs in one basket there on that line. I would have liked to have seen at the start of the series a little bit more of a spread-out approach because Washington is such a deep team up front. But again, they're down 3-1 in the series. They need a hell of an effort tonight. See if they can force a Game 6 back in Philly. Yeah, and the bottom line is, let's face it, no, no, we did, none of us had the Flyers you know, getting to this level, even making the playoffs. So this is all great experience for the future. And we got to keep that in mind. Like They're going to have some young guns come up. Maybe in the offseason they, they can get their hands on another sniper, another prolific goal scorer. And, you know, there's nothing but good things going to happen. But yes. listen, and, and the games are not, they've been in these hockey games. Yes. It's just a couple metal watches here and there, and, and, you know, the table has turned. But if they can get off to another fast start tonight, that would be encouraging. And, uh, hey, listen, this is playoffs, man. Anything could happen for sure. Do not undervalue the experience for some of these players. I mean, the Flyers team, relatively speaking, is a young team playoff-wise. You know, Wayne Simmons doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, even though he's a veteran player. You know, uh, Scott Lawton, no playoff experience, obviously, being so young. Sam Gagne. Yeah, Sam Gagne Gagne never played in a playoff game. Raffle. Exactly. You know, what, maybe two right. years ago did he get some, some playoff run? Last year the Flyers weren't right. in. You know, Matt yeah. Reed, again, young player, not a lot of playoff experience. So you're talking about some guys, Braden Shen. I mean, these guys, other than Giroux, who's on the 2010 team, unfortunately for the Flyers, you know, it's been one and done or missing the playoffs the last couple of years. So even a guy yeah. like Sean Couturier has some playoff experience, but then he gets hurt. So, you know, you're talking about even if they lose this series in five, we'll have gained something for down the line. They know what it's like now to play every other night, 
in a major city, a major market like D.C., with all the pressure and all that skill on the other side of the ice where every shift and every play matters, and that will be very beneficial for this team down the line. No doubt. Well said. All right, brother. Glad we could put this together. Try and get it posted. SoundCloud.com, nothing but love. We'll get back at you next week as well. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Let's go fly, guys. Howie Roseman's an idiot. Well, James Archie Brown. Well, James Brown will bump us we're, out. R.I.P. Prince. We're going to Chicago. The crack form. R.I.P. Prince. Yeah, exactly. All right, Johnny Media. You're the man. Uh, you got it, buddy. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. Follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. Till the next time, we'll see. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.